The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, good to be talking with you. This is our first live broadcast. Um, we're live, pal. I'm still getting used to StreamYard, but good to be talking live on, on the show. Are you in an attic oh, yeah, man. right now? Hell yeah. This is, is this uh, your new attic? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the first ever podcast in my uh, new house, too. So uh, a lot nice. of firsts today. So excited. Congratulations, man. I'm really happy for you. Thanks. Yeah, I have this this whole uh, length of my house, this attic is. So you can. it looks like I'm in a tunnel, probably. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's kind of a cool look, honestly, behind you. It looks like you're in like a sort of aircraft carrier or something. But I checked... On the Rotowire official Twitter feed, and it does look like we're live. So everything seems to be running. Again, uh, we're live, pal. Trying my best here with StreamYard. It seems pretty easy, pretty intuitive, but I just wanted to be, be sure that everything was working correctly. Saw earlier today some great news that Shane McClanahan getting the call. And it sounds like, and I know Eric Neander had said, said this, but they view him as a starter. So I'm pretty excited to see. Shane McClanahan, I know he debuted in the postseason last year, but his first regular season appearance tomorrow against the A's. Sounds like a true start, although we'll see. I mean, maybe he doesn't go five-plus, but I think he can give them some length. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is your guy. I think this is Shane is probably one of the few prospects that you're sort of more uh, more on than than I am probably. Mm. And uh, I'm sure you've probably got him in some draft and holds and stuff like that. So buyer um, beware. <laughs> um, did you get him in in labor or anything mm. like that? I got him in labor as a reserve, so I can't plug him in this week. But good to have have him for future weeks. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm excited as well. I, I, like you said, I, I think it's maybe 50, 50, maybe even a little less than 50% chance that he goes a full five in this one. But uh, I think they'll probably let him face the order twice if he's pitching well. And so maybe, maybe he qualifies for a win, but uh, obviously really electric stuff, uh, big time fastball, can touch triple digits and then he's got the the two big breaking balls uh which which is probably enough for him to get through a lineup twice uh the big thing for him is just gonna be the command i mean if he's if he's commanding his pitches he should definitely have success but that's uh that's a part of his game that he's been working on here for for a couple years now so i'm excited i i don't have him anywhere but uh should be should be a fun uh, debut for him yeah, we'll see. I know the postseason little sample wasn't all that great in terms of results, but the stuff is really good. In the spring, you know, you can't take away a whole lot from a spring sample, but he did look good. And again, Eric Neander was talking him up as a starter, and he, they really emphasized in that interview I saw. You know, after I, I did the labor broadcast, I had to watch McClanahan against Pavetta the next day. And, um, or maybe it was two days later, but I remember riding high on Pavetta versus McClanahan after labor. I was, I was sky high on that. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It seems like maybe the first of the next wave coming. And, uh, Kirilov, of course, up. And I've, I've seen some hard hit balls off the bat, but he just he can't seem to save that team. I mean, the, the twins, I didn't realize until yesterday just how bad they've been. Um, I do expect them to be better, the Twins, in time. But, uh, you know, a lot of kind of pressure on Kirloff right off the bat to kind of help turn this team around. He's been batting fifth against righties. Uh, I guess he batted, what, ninth against a lefty the other day? Well, he he batted fifth uh, primarily against righties the last five games. He's in the lineup today hitting ninth against mm. a lefty. So just encouraging to see that. He's a, a true everyday player for them, uh, at least so far. And yeah, I think I think he's been a little unlucky on on some balls in play, but I mean he'll be fine. Uh, and I I think the Twins will be fine too. I mean they've just had kind of a weird start to the year with uh, health and obviously the the Alex Palme problem and uh, just the availability and the COVID stuff with some of their guys. Like I just self inflicted self inflicted Alex Palme wound. Well, yeah, they they didn't they didn't need to sign him, but um, they did, and uh, now he's out. But I mean, I, I think the Twins are still gonna uh, probably get up to around ninety wins. I mean, I just think there's there's a ton of talent there. They've got more help on the way. Um, Kirilov, I mean, he's he should be rostered in in all formats right now. I think you can start him confidently in in all formats as well. Nice. Yeah. I think what they're like seven and 15 or something crazy. It's, and that's with Byron Buxton playing at a MVP level. It's been crazy to watch. Maeda was a guy that I thought would be fine 
but it's he does not seem to have slider command. It's, he's been le- hanging these breaking pitches up. I don't know if you saw that one that friend Mo Reyes hit yesterday, but just an absolute crush job. So it's just nothing's going right for that team. Hopefully Kirilov can can help, and I do think he's got a pretty safe spot there. Um, do you have a choice on who closes for them? Do you think it's Taylor Rogers? I mean, I think that's the easy guess, but there might be some room for right-handed compliment uh, to sneak in some saves. Yeah, I mean, I just I think it's Rogers for eighty-five plus percent of the chances. Yeah, I have Hansel Robles. I picked him up and hoping. Uh, I was hoping he could maybe sneak in some, but that's kind of doubtful. James Paven Smith. Man, we did not go hard enough in the main events. I did get him in a few leagues, but I've been liking what I'm seeing, and uh, maybe we should have been more aggressive on Paven Smith last weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think he he went for 65 in ours. In in hindsight, I would have liked to have gotten 66, but uh, just you know, I, I've got him in plenty of other leagues as well. But I mean, we could probably use him in in our main more than I can use him in some of these other places I have him. And uh, just seems like he's really settling in and he's been leading off for them over for over a week. And that's even against same handed pitching. So as long as he produces, I mean, and he's shown that he can play all over the field. Uh, I mean, they've been playing him in center field, which I think is something you would have never expected back when he got drafted uh, four or five years ago. Like it just, seemed like he was first base left field only. So, I mean, this, this new defensive versatility that he's showing, uh, the contact skill, I mean, there might even be a little bit more room there for him to, to up the walk rate. So uh, in 15 team leagues, I think he's got to be really appealing right now, just given where he's hitting in the order and the fact that he qualifies at outfield and first base, first base, particularly has been kind of a black hole, especially if you, if you went cheap at that position in drafts. So um, yeah, I mean, I just have been really impressed by him. I I probably should have had him ranked higher uh, as a prospect, but uh, it's been a, it's been a really nice start to the year for him. It is. And I think there may be some room for growth of the power too, because that was the one thing that kind of held him back on, on your rankings. Right. I don't want to speak for you, but that was kind of noticeably absent throughout his time in the minors. And I mean, I know he hit one homer. I just think there's a possibility he adds more because um, while the ball, they they said they intended to dejuice it, it's still a heightened offensive environment right now and a heightened, at least in terms of home runs and and scoring, not so much to the batting average, but um I do think Pavin Smith can add some some pop there too. I guess the the blow on losing out on Pavin Smith in the main was softened, James, by adding Kyle Higashioka. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I we we were able to sneak him through, and four bucks. I think, I think he's going to be someone whose uh, roster percentage just continues to climb in the main event because we had that news yesterday of of Aaron Boone. Uh, basically saying that Higashioka needs more playing time. He's earned it, and he just he looks like the better catcher there, especially when you factor in in the defense behind the plate. But even just offensively, I mean, I think he's given more competitive at bats than than Gary has been. So, uh, yeah, hoping that 
Higashioka can just kind of continue to wrestle more and more uh, playing time away. I mean, uh, I think, man, it, it'd be it'd be a lot easier if they didn't have uh, multiple DHs on the team as well. But I mean, I just think this this Yankees team can't really mess around anymore, and they they probably just got to play their best guys. Yeah, I think I saw somebody on Twitter mentioning maybe he's going for a hundred plus in Maine's this coming weekend. <laughs> I can see it. I mean, because I think you got to view him as the number one now in, in the Bronx because Gary's, I mean, he's got a sub 200 average since, what, 2019 or I don't know the exact stat, but combine the low batting average with the issues behind the plate, it seems like Higashioka's uh, a player to own, uh, to roster there. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, we caught a break there. We haven't been getting much production from our catchers. We, we thought we caught a break with Luis Torrens, but that that experiment didn't didn't last long and didn't. You know, we probably would be better off taking a zero than starting Luis Torrens. Yeah, he was he was worth negative uh, <laughs> fantasy fantasy value for us while he was on the roster. So good to get him out of there. I think it was Eddie Almaguer who was saying you should just take some zeros there. A lot of these catchers have been net negatives, and it's hard to know, yeah, but maybe when you're really getting to the bottom there, instead of turning to somebody like that, you should uh, – like I have in in uh, labor, I have Martin Maldonado, James, and that has been killing me. <laughs> Martin Maldonado, I thought, oh, you know, $1 catcher in A only, that won't be too bad. He has been crushing my team, and those are the kind of little decisions that in deep leagues make make a huge difference. Now, James, uh, Pedro Leon, by the way, I don't know if you can hear it. Do you hear that, like, jet flying above me? Uh, It's the same jet that's flying above me. Oh, wow. It's been super quiet here since I moved in, and then right when we start recording, it seems like there's, like, an aircraft show going on above us. Well, I had the lawnmower incident a few weeks ago. Now I have this jet that uh, seems louder to me than maybe it does to, to the listeners. But um, James Pedro Leon, what can you tell us about him, and why is his buzz kind of mounting right now? Well, I I've been high on him, um, like dating back to the the uh, the off season, but mostly that was just based on you know, some, some limited video I saw and just really liking the swing and really liking the uh, contact rates that he, he'd put up in, in Cuba and everything. Um, and I know, I mean, there'd just been a varying reports in terms of what his uh, speed was going to grade out at. Uh, I was sort of assuming he'd be, I mean, this was probably back in like January. I was sort of assuming he'd be a left fielder for them. Uh, just a guy that was going to mash and hit for average. But uh, Jim Callis had a report uh, yesterday uh, saying that he's grading out as a 70 grade runner. And so you can kind of take my, where I had him ranked. I think I had him ranked like right around 100, just inside the top 100 back when the magazine was published. And then he's, he's up in the seventies now. Uh, But that all those rankings were me just kind of assuming he was going to be a 50, 55 grade runner. Wasn't going to chip in a ton on the bases, but I mean, if I, and I don't even, I'm not necessarily going to take it as gospel that he's a 70 grade runner, but if he's just a 60 grade runner, 
uh, that just makes him all the more appealing. I mean, he might be a, a five category guy, a legitimate one, and they're trying him out at shortstop and he's going to be splitting. Uh, sounds like 80% of his starts are going to come at shortstop 20% in center field while he's in the minors, he's going to open at double a. And so they, I, they also said he had that 80 grade arm, which again, I'm not taking that as gospel, but um, I mean, it, it sounds like he's got the physical tools to play all over the diamond. So whenever he's ready, there'll be spot for him. And I, I certainly think that if he was ready at some point this season, it would be pretty easy to find at bat for him in that outfield right now. Cause I mean, that they haven't been getting a ton of production out of a couple of those spots. So um, Pedro Leon, just, just a guy that, I mean, if you got him back in first year player draft season, well done. Uh, and someone who I'd maybe think about trying to trade for uh, before he debuts. I mean, the, the big question is just how he's going to hit uh, in his first taste of, uh, stateside pitching there might be a bit of a learning curve there so um. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, there is still some risk here. We just, you never know how these guys are going to adjust to to uh, pitching at double A, triple A, the majors. I mean, he, he didn't have a great spring training statistically. So uh, that's still to be determined, but if he goes out and he hits that double A and he's making contact at a, at a high clip and hitting for a decent average, I mean, I, I think the, the stock is really going to soar. So uh, just that's a guy that, you know, when I do my update to the top 400 in a, in a few weeks, you know, if he's performing, he could be inside the top 50 in a hurry. Nice. I like to think I have my ear to the ground a little bit, James, uh, AKA I spend way too much time on Twitter, uh, listen to too many like podcasts and whatnot, but uh, I just hadn't really caught on to that buzz. So, you know, normies like me still sleeping on Pedro Leon. So now maybe a time where you can, can get in before, you know, it may seem obvious to a guy like James, um, that the buzz is, is kind of mounting and, and now's the time to get him, but, but not, not to everyone. James, Bobby Bradley, I mean, I, I don't know how much longer Cleveland can wait on this guy, but does it matter for our purposes? Like, is, is he a pickup or can is Bobby Bradley not going to be able to hit enough for that power to really play? Like, I have major concerns about the hit tool. Well, his, his uh, spring was just so impressive. 
Like he improved across the board, like everything you'd want to see him do, he was doing this spring. And uh, I mean, they're getting, you know, you talk about taking a zero at catcher rather than getting negative production. Cleveland's getting negative production at first base, uh, no matter who they put there right now. And Bradley's defense is seemingly better. I mean, it's it's not going to be a strength of his, but uh, he lost a lot of weight and he's in uh, really good shape by his standards right now. And I mean, nobody's expecting this guy to have a plus hit tool or anything, but I, I think we know kind of what these other guys are. Like, I just, I don't really get it with Josh Naylor. I, I just don't know why he just seemingly just gets these, these endless opportunities. Um, obviously he's not a good defender really anywhere and he doesn't, hit for enough power to profile at the places where he, he can play defensively. So I don't really get it with Josh Naylor. Obviously Jake Bowers is even worse. Yu Chang's even worse. Uh, really it's basically been Jordan Luplo and, and Eddie Rosario have been the only productive outfielders on that team. So I want to see Daniel Johnson as well. And to a lesser extent, Bradley Zimmer. So I just, I look at Cleveland, I look at all the places where they're just getting negative production from the guys that they are relying on right now. And it just seems like it, it's got to be soon that they turn to some other options and any, you know, any flaws that Bobby Bradley has, at least he can hit for enough power to, to play first base. Um, I don't think any of the other guys they have on the roster can. And I know that his defense isn't going to be great there, but uh, first base is just a, a complete wasteland. If you're in a 15 team or a deeper league, and you're looking to upgrade there, like Paven Smith is, he's gone. Like you, you're not getting him anymore. And so to me, Bobby Bradley is kind of that next guy where I would be interested because we absolutely know the power is, is monstrous and he could, he could be a 30 plus Homer guy if he just hits like 240. And I think that the, the strides he made this off season and what he showed the spring training, I, I think that that's a possibility. So it's just, it's not necessarily about being sky high on Bobby Bradley uh, and especially his hit tool, but it's just looking at the other options they have. Like, I, I honestly don't know why he's not up right now. Yeah, you know, I don't mean to pick on Josh Naylor, but I keep thinking about the um, Pete Rose line about how he left tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick him up. WrestleMania 14. And then Kane came out uh, the big red machine Kane and tombstone Pete Rose. Classic WrestleMania moment. But it, Naylor had one of those where it was just a soft dribbler right to him at first base and just right under his glove. Cleveland lost that game. Emmanuel Classe had it closed out. Um, but, yeah, can't play first, Naylor, and not not very good in the outfield either. So, And we know about Jake Bowers. I mean, I'm surprised he's still well, what, on the team. Wasn't it Josh Naylor who misplayed a ball the other day so badly that Nelson Cruz got a triple? Yes, that's right. Actually, that was yeah. That's true. He he did kind of hit it like right off the, right inside the yellow line on the wall. It was kind of a tough bounce, but yeah, Nelson Cruz had a triple. Um, surprised he didn't hit for the cycle after that because I think that was in like the first inning. James, I have you to to thank for Ryan Weathers. Um, man, he's been great and picked him up in. Tout Wars head-to-head, I thought – I'm actually – yeah, I got him for like 24 out of 1,000. 
it is a 12 team league, but that was just last weekend. I thought there'd be more. I, I fully expected to get outbid on Ryan Weathers. And I'm looking at this matchup drooling uh, today, but you, you mentioned, and this was wise of you to point out that Arizona actually has the best WRC plus in the majors against lefties. So kind of actually a bigger test for Weathers than I, I maybe thought last weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I started Weathers in every league. I have him in except one this week where I opted to start, uh, don't tell me a pitcher, a pitcher for oh, the Rockies oh. who uh, remain nameless. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for steering us down, and to all you out there on the two star. Uh, I'm I, sorry that I steered us down that clip. I just, that clip. I, I wanted to kind of point this out just to just so, like obviously I love Ryan Weathers. Like you know I've been pumping him up for a while. I hope that you were able to to get him in at least some of your leagues, uh, but. Um, just this is a tougher matchup, at least based on what Arizona has done so far this season. I mean, it's, it's been like a little over 200 plate appearances, uh, but their bad up against lefties is under 300 and they've still been doing this much damage. I don't really know how they're doing it. I don't look at that lineup and see a bunch of lefty killers sitting there, but, um, for whatever reason, they've had a lot of success against Southpaws so far this year. So while we're not really scared of any of the players in that lineup necessarily. Just know that, I mean, this is another legitimate test for, for weather. So, I mean, if he, if he has another big outing, um, obviously he's, he's beaten up on the Dodgers so far. So, I mean, I, I certainly think he, he's capable of having another really strong showing, especially against a team that hasn't seen him yet, but um, this would be a, a big test for him. So, um, just kind of keep that in mind when you're watching Weathers tonight. And if he, if he struggles, don't freak out about it. Um, most lefties have really struggled against this offense for whatever reason. So uh, should be should be a fun test. Yeah, but this is a guy just to hold out right in, in all leagues, you think? Oh, yeah. yeah this yeah. is a bump in the road today. Yeah, man, youngest starter in the bigs, and uh, he's more than held his own so far. And, yeah, good thing he's not facing the Dodgers because obviously last two, but it does seem like every outing has been against them. Uh, but he's passed that test with flying colors. Hopefully um, he can tame the juggernaut that is the Arizona Diamondbacks against lefties. Dude, uh, Jazz, the IL was a heartbreaker for me, especially in, in stake league where I'm slipping and now I lose Jazz and – uh, tough to see, but you know, just really a big loss for the game of baseball because he was an he is an emerging star, Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, and it's kind of extra annoying for people like me because he was about two games away from getting up over 130 at bats, so uh, he'll be sticking around the top 400, uh, possibly. You know, I, I hope he is able to get back here in a hurry, but I mean, this is the type of injury where could be two, three, maybe even more, more than three weeks. I I don't know. Um, I hope, I hope he's back in early to mid May. Uh, That, that definitely could be the case. Um, We actually, I I ended up taking some questions uh, for the show today since we are going live. And uh, one of the first ones I got was from Kale Loken, who, uh, wanted us to know 
where Jazz might go in startup dynasty drafts next offseason. Um, you know, the, a lot, a lot is going to change either for the better or the good with Jazz over the rest of the season. Like, it's just it's it's going to be hard to sort of predict where this goes. I mean, like, like he could be a top 15 pick overall in like a startup dynasty draft next off season. If he just kind of comes back from this injury and picks up where he left off. Um, I mean, I don't think the batting average is going to be around 300 or anything like that, but even if he just hits like 270 the rest of the way or 265, the rest of the way, all of a sudden he's going to be kind of looking like, I don't know, a younger Trevor story. Um, so there's a, a ton of upside. Uh, if he can kind of pick up where he left off when he comes back from the injury, there's also some downside that, you know, maybe the, the league gets a, another look at him and uh, starts to make some adjustments. And, you know, he, he has, had his issues with strikeouts at, at times in the minor leagues. So uh, maybe he finishes the year with like a 240 average or maybe even like a 235 average like that. That's still in play. I, I don't think that that's likely. And I think that even if that happened, I mean, he could still go 2020 pretty easily, especially just given the stats he's already banked. So um, definitely a top 100 pick in a startup dynasty draft, probably a top, 50 pick in a startup dynasty draft because while I have him behind uh, a few guys like CJ Abrams and Bobby Witt who haven't debuted when people do these startup dynasty drafts, there's, there's always a majority of drafters who are looking for guys that are going to help them win from opening day on. Uh, so a guy like jazz is going to go uh, above a lot of these big name guys who haven't debuted yet um, just based on the fact that he's, he's ready to help right now. So uh, I would, I would guess probably in the 20 to 50 range is where he'll go in a startup dynasty next off season, but we'll see. Yeah. He's a a lot of fun to watch and we have a lot of other Twitter questions to get to that. As you mentioned, we will get around to those. We talked about Shane McClanahan at the top of the show. Good to see he's getting the call to the bigs. I, I was thinking the other day about Kelnick. I'm just, you know, we'll get to those questions here in a second. I know people don't want to hear me wax poetic about Kelnick, but I was thinking how crazy it would be, like, if he just, like, walked away and signed some one-year deals overseas. Because this is – I know the team's not bad, but it is, like he, – he should win a grievance. He should have, like, a, a lawsuit on his hands here. Because the fact that he's not up is just absurd. I'm sorry yeah. to, to go on and on about this. But um, let's go. I got Kelnick just rotting on the bench. It, it hurts, James. And Ian Khan's trying to tempt me to to trade him in labor. And um, now's a good time because people are getting a little anxious. And uh, people probably even thinking about maybe dropping him. So. I just I, I don't like feeling or sounding like a broken record, but I mean I, the last couple of weeks I've basically just said be patient. So I'm gonna keep yeah. saying. 
It's coming, coming soon. Before we get to those Twitter questions, a quick note, actually a couple reads here. So bear with me here. Football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with your best performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just a draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog Best Ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management. Saving you loads of time, Underdog's Best Ball Leagues are drafting right now, starting at just one, uh, $3. Once the season starts, Underdog also has Daily Fantasy and an all-new Pick'em game. Go download the Underdog app now to get in on some best ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. James, I know you're going to be hitting those NFL uh, best ball drafts hard after the draft coming up. And then also from our friends at Champions Round, do you play fantasy football? Do you love the NFL draft? Well, you're in luck because Champions Round has created a fantasy game specifically for the NFL draft. Big Board Showdown. Playing is simply uh, picking 12 prospects, stay on budget, and watch your team rack up points based on where they're selected. Download the Champions Round app and make your picks today. Hashtag you got next pick, James. Um, so let's get to these Twitter questions. Um, I don't know if this was the one you alluded to, but it. Uh, I'm sorry, I skipped down a few. Uh, that was the one about jazz and the dynasty startup. And then Joel Steen asks for a breakdown of Marco Luciano, whom he just acquired in trade. So why don't you uh, pump Joel up and tell him how great he did? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marco Luciano. I mean, uh, kind of my line on him for about a year is just like, he's, he's going to be a 40 homer shortstop. And those, don't come around very often at all. Uh, that's the carrying tool with him. It's it's going to be his power. Uh, he's not going to be much of a threat on the bases, which is, you know, you always like to get a little bit of speed from your middle infielders, but that's not really going to be his game either. Um, and then the the big kind of question mark with him is just where the the batting average, the hit tool, kind of settle. I, I think given his power and given what he's shown in the lower levels, I think the, the walk rate will always be there, but it's just, you know, we'll, we'll see whether he's like a 280 hitter, a 260 hitter, you know, I mean, it, it's not like there's a, a no doubt shot that he's going to be like a 270 hitter. Like he, he could be worse than that. But the the power is absolutely going to be the carrying tool. It's going to keep him in the middle of that lineup. It's going to be a really really good Giants lineup for his prime years. They're they're building a juggernaut out there. I mean they're turning all these kind of forgotten men into to stud starting pitchers. They've they've just got a, a really well oiled machine going on over there. So it's going to be a really good team that he's the shortstop for, and and maybe even like the cleanup hitter for. Um, we'll find out probably a lot more about that hit tool this year when he gets more of a test, uh, hasn't really faced the greatest pitching yet, uh, especially in 
in the minors. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how he does with, with strikeouts this year and just kind of where that ends up settling. But, uh, if, I mean, if he maxed out, he could be a, a first round pick, um, or at least kind of a end of the first beginning of the second round pick, even with, even as a guy that's not going to steal double digit bases. So, I mean, there's, there's just a ton of upside here because of that power, but, uh, still kind of to be determined on, on where the rest of it settles. Dan Corrado, friend of the pod, had a few questions. And one of them I know was about the Rotowire polos, which, you know, the demand isn't all that hot for, but maybe we can get Dan a, a Rotowire polo. Um, any catcher targets or strategies in Dynasty Leagues, James? Um, well, in in one catcher Dynasty Leagues, I, I think you just – see what's out there on on waivers in the you know every year i'm just kind of you know what what's out there maybe i can hit on the next kind of pop-up guy um but i'm definitely not devoting resources to the position like i'm not not trading for a good catcher just because i don't have a good catcher uh at least unless you're to the point where you're really serious about winning your league uh, in two catcher leagues, I, I think that's what Dan's referring to because he, he mentioned he's got Gomes and Grandall. Um, I mean, you just you kind of want to make sure you got uh, two guys who aren't negative value pieces for you. Like catcher is just always the position that I am uh, devoting the least amount of resources to uh, unless it's just a situation where I'm I've got everything else figured out. And I'm really competing uh, strongly with a couple other really good teams. And that's one area where I could really um, boost my, my big league club. Maybe I, maybe I would trade a, a solid prospect for, for an upgrade there, but I mean, really you're just, you're kind of punting there until you're really serious about winning your league. It's just, it, there's so much attrition at that position. Uh, there's, so much risk with like the guys like Adley Rutschman that come along like every decade or every 15 years, like you can feel pretty good about them, but even the, that next step down, like the Joey Bart types, uh, just not guys that, that have a very high hit rate. And so I don't think you want to be loading up on catching prospects. I mean, that's definitely not something I would be doing. I would be trying to trade catching prospects at every turn. Um, but I mean, maybe Kyle Higashioka is the guy that's out there, even in Dynasty. Yeah, just pick up Higashioka. Yeah, I mean, I, there I think, you go. I think that that's a guy that I would look for, especially in two catcher leagues. You know, I mean, he, the whole key is you just you don't want a guy that's actively hurting your team. And I think Higashioka will, you know, we'll see how much of that job he can wrangle away from from Sanchez. But I think. I doubt he's going to go out there and like hit 200 the rest of the year or something like that. Hmm. I'm with you. Dan also was wondering about police I'm kind of wondering what the heck I'm going to do with him as well. But in uh, dynasty, can you even move this guy or like what's is there anything actionable here? Or do you just have to kind of wait and see or maybe sell low? Uh, you know, it's, I wouldn't be opposed to selling low if 
someone was aggressively coming at me trying to get him but i don't like the the last thing you want to do is like let your league know that you're looking to trade police um mm-hmm. you you want someone to come kill your leverage yeah. right uh so i just think you ride it out uh i Fortunately, I mean, like it's it's really helpful to be lucky in fantasy sometimes, and I did not end up with as much Zach Plesac as I wanted during draft season. I only got him on one team, and so I just kind of got lucky with that. Uh, and thankfully, Todd Whitestone uh, wanted no part of him in in our leagues that we co-manage in the NFC. So thankfully, that uh, steered us away from him and. Uh, I don't think you were very high on him either, so we didn't get him in the main. So um, I got kind of lucky there with with my partners talking me out of him. But I mean, uh, I did like Plesak. Just I wasn't as high as some others, but I, I actually did end up with him in a few leagues. But I'm glad that you were there to uh, talk some sense into me in our main. Yeah, too. but I mean, I, like I started Plesak in his last start in the league. I do have him because I just like I'm starting. All my all my struggling starting pitchers for the most like Kyle Hendricks, I'm still just starting everywhere. I just I don't I don't know what else you do. Like if you're if you're benching guys like that this early in the year, I think it's it's tough. Like um I think you just gotta write it out with Plesak on the next Dynasty up update, that'll probably be um I'm hoping to have one done kind of around June first and then another one done uh about a week before the trade deadline i know some dynasty leagues kind of use the mlb trade deadline as their trade deadline so i want to get a second update done uh before then but uh, the next update will probably be around june 1st and uh thank you know part of the reason i'm doing it then like i know that it's it's my job to make the tough decisions and stuff like that but i just Doing a dynasty update like right now in late April, I just think would potentially do more harm than good mm. because it's just it's the worst time in the calendar to be valuing players and to be uh, making buy low, sell high types of trades unless you're just extremely confident on a certain player. Uh, and I mean, there are players like that. Like I, I'm. I've been trying to buy low on, on Dansby Swanson places. And like there, there are certain guys like that where you're just very confident that a player is much better than they've been so far. But um, part of the reason I'm waiting until June 1st is because I just, I don't have that level of confidence with certain players. Uh, Zach Plesak is, is one of those. So I just, I'm going to be able to get to see what he does over his next six or seven starts before I have to, to rank him again. So uh, I, I don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, if I was doing the rankings right now, I mean, he, he wouldn't be inside the top 100, that's for sure. But there's a chance that he could still be well inside the top 100 if he kind of writes the ship here over the next uh, five, six weeks. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I remember feeling so good about a league where I was coming out of it. I'd waited on starting pitching, came out of it with Maeda Plesak, four or five. thought I was killing it. Um, that's not great. Uh, we'll see, though. We're looking forward to that next update, James. Where do you think Vladdy Daddy's going to fall on that that next update? By June, I mean, he could be number one. <laughs> you know. Uh, I yeah, love I mean, that he, three-homer he, game, man. Oh, 
uh, that didn't move the needle for me as much as I thought it would in some leagues. Um, it, that's not it helped me. Stuff. It helped me out a lot, and I I really enjoyed checking the standings a lot more last night than I did. <laughs> uh, what was that Sunday night um, or or Monday night? I should say. Gomer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Vlad, obviously, just you know, to the moon uh, value through the roof. Uh, Love that guy, man. What a stud. I mean, that one, the first one against Scherzer was just so beautiful. And then he had one to each field, too. It was just, I mean, the time is I mean, they, they were all super grooved pitches. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a great performance nonetheless. Now, Michael Patrick has a good question here. He wonders, is it a time right now for a rebuilder? the Dynasty League, to give up on Willie Adamas, Clint Frazier, and or Nick Senzel and give those roster spots to players with more upside. I mean, I that's, well, <laughs> that's a really – I'd say with – I mean, personally, I'd say Willie Adamas maybe, but the other two, I'd lean no. But go ahead, James. Yeah, I, I was curious for your take on Senzel, but – the the line about try to drop these guys for someone with more upside. I mean, of course you you can probably find someone with more upside than Willie Adamas. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're gonna find someone with more upside than Clint Frazier. Like just on the on the waiver wire, like Clint Frazier to me his ceiling is still sky high. He's just he's at a really brutal start to the year, but like I, I still think Clint Frazier can be a 35 homer or 35 plus homer type of hitter uh, if he's playing every day and he's, he's dialed in. So I'm and certainly anything, not the guy be, you drop out. Right. You know, right. I, I mean, mean, unless if, you're like in a 12 team and even then I, I wouldn't want to drop the guy without getting something. Yeah. May, yeah. Maybe if you're just, if he's just been on your bench for the past two weeks and there's, I can't even think of like who a player I would drop him for that would be out there even in a really shallow league, but Paven uh, Smith. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I like Pavin Smith, but I would not drop Clint Frazier for him. Yeah, I, I still like Clint Frazier a lot long term. And yeah. I just think you gotta be patient there. Willie Adamas, sure, yeah, you can move on from him if you want in a in a shallow league. I don't think like I don't think there's some sort of upside with Adamas where he could come back and haunt you. Mm-hmm. But um I I'd be curious your take on Nick Senzel because I know you and I have kind of been lower on him uh for a while than, than a lot of people but i just i don't know how much is there to, to kind of keep believing in um, but what what have you seen from from senzo you know he's just he seems like he's just two steps away per- perpetually two steps away from like putting it together like he's he'll show some flashes with some hard hit balls but they'll be into gloves and then he could just never build on that on the bet on quality batted balls. And I think you got to probably hold him, but you know, I'm thinking about in uh, the Sirius XM dynasty league and last weekend, I dropped like 404 bucks on Adolis Garcia. Cause he was still out there. 15 team dynasty league. I'm thinking like if I were in a shallower league, like a 12 Adolis Garcia, maybe I dropped Senzel for him. Hmm. I don't think that's that crazy. I mean, I, it's just been like, you know, parts of three years now where we haven't seen it. And, you know, I was playing MLB The Show, James. I know you want to hear about this, but 
They have uh, Senzel's speed as a 90. And I was like, what? A 90? Then I looked and, you know, he does really have good sprint speed numbers. Maybe he's just like, maybe when the weather heats up, he'll get going. But we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's yet to manifest in, in terms of production on the field. So would you drop a Dolly Scarce or would you drop Senzel for a Dolly Scarcia? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think if I was as high on Adolis Garcia as you are, I would. I'm just not as high on him as, like, I'd... Well, I just needed an outfielder desperately. And, as, again, 15-team league. That's why I spent 400-plus on him. I would... Uh, but I do like him. I would I would probably... I mean, Paven Smith versus Nick Senzel is interesting. I, I think, ideally, you want to just be able to hold Senzel for just give him another year, like give him the rest of the season and just sort of see what happens. Cause I mean, he, you know, he was the number two overall pick and he's got speed. He's got some pop that he's not really consistently gotten to. So I just, I wouldn't want to drop him outright. Um, but I mean, I, I think the time to maybe move on from Nick Senzel was this past off season when lots of people were still kind of banging that drum. Yeah, man, just waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, the the Jesse Winker full breakout does seem to be here. Another good one here from the Ulysses sect. Uh, Gavin Lux, Jazz Chisholm, Nick Solak, rest of season and long term. How would you rank those guys? Uh, I would take – I would still take Jazz rest of season, even – Knowing that you're going to have to find a placeholder here for the next three weeks, I just think, um, you know, he, he's he's going to probably steal, even if, he, like, even, let's just say he misses, like, three weeks here. I mean, he's probably going to steal 25 to 30 bases this year with 25 homers. I just, I don't know how you're matching that production from the other two, and... I think I'd probably take Jazz long term as well over the other two. And I was somebody I forget it might have been the Ulysses sect who asked this too, but just like someone was like, What what do you do with Gavin Lux? Uh Gavin Lux he's been bad. Uh the or the results have been bad. Um he's still hasn't reached two hundred big league at bats. So mm. I just, and they've been spread across three seasons. So it's just, I kind of look at him as just the, the ultimate buy low target. And I think Nick Solak conversely might be the ultimate sell high piece. And I, if I had Nick Solak, I would maybe just offer him straight up to Gavin Lux and in, in dynasty and just sort of see what happens because you might get the Lux owner just kind of sick of putting up with this. You know, it's been three years now. Like, when am I going to get that production? And then you look down at what Nick Solak's done through uh, four weeks, and it's like, well, that's that's kind of what I wanted Gavin Lux to do, so maybe I'll just take the guy who's doing it right now. And so I, I think you might be able to pull that offer off in, in some leagues. So that that's something I would look at. Uh, Solak, to me, still, um, you know, the – plate skills are kind of iffy even with this hot start to the year and uh he's got a sneaky 
sprint speed as well. Uh, sprint speed isn't the be all end all of stealing bases, but um, it's kind of amazing to me that Solak is that fast and that bad in the field. It's kind of a, a unique combination. Um, but I, I think I'd probably go Solak over Lux rest of season just because there's just there's no chance of Solak losing out on playing time at this point, just given how hot his start has been and the Dodgers just have endless options if, if Lux were to, to slump a little bit. And I mean, they could at least sit him against some lefties. So um, I, I like Lux more than Solak long term for sure. I, like I, I would do that in a heartbeat, but rest of the season, I'd probably take Solak. So Lux would be last for me of those three rest of the season. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Lux over Solak, but you're right. I mean, it's been stop and start for, for Lux. He hasn't gotten it going and so many options on that team. He's been injured and any sort of future health concern, they can give him 10 days. No problem. They got an embarrassment of riches guys that can plug in. Patrick wanted to know, can we see Tristan Casas in Boston this year, James? I I don't think it's completely off the table. I think he's uh, just had such a such a big developmental past, like eighteen months or so. None of which we really have tangible data to, to point to to back it up. But I mean, just kind of all the reports. Uh, regarding what Cassis did uh, at the alt site last year and uh, spring training and everything this year, you know, he's, he's certainly made a ton of strides and I, I could see him really having no trouble against double a pitching this year. And then maybe kind of cruising through triple a as well and just forcing his way onto the big league roster. But I think that that there's maybe like a, 10 to 15 percent chance of that happening and it's it's much more likely that we're talking about him as someone that we see very early in in 2022 tools he wanted to know akil badu or jaron duran the rest of the season uh duran i didn't even know duran like uh, was doing anything (laughs) well there's there's a lot of buzz around Duran um, being a potential call up in May, uh, at least from Red Sox fans and people that roster Jaron Duran and Dynasty. I know that they'd all love to see it. And Akil Badu uh, has hit the skids, of course, four for his last 31. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty predictable. Um, mm. But I, I think it's just kind of team context dependent like if whichever one of these guys you're rostering if you're just stashing them on your bench you don't really care about what they do next week then i would take duran just because he's got a probably a higher ceiling once he's up just given the speed but if you're in a position where having someone that you can plug in is useful and you don't have just a crazy stacked outfield right now, I'd, I'd probably go Badu. So it just kind of depends whether you're talking about someone that you might need some production out of in the next week or two, then I'd, then it's Badu. But if it's just a, a pure sort of stash upside play, then, then Duran. 
And then finally, before we get to our picks for walk-up songs this week, Jason Jablonski asked, sell on maybe Trevor Rogers, TJ Antone in Dynasty? I'd say no on Rogers. I wouldn't want to sell high. But I could see maybe Antone if you're not competing this year. I, you know, I do think over the rest of the season they will get a good amount of saves and be really valuable. But, you know, in some of those longer relief outings, he did lose steam later in the outing. And I do kind of see why maybe the Reds didn't really see him as a starter because he definitely was something where he he lost steam after three three or so innings. So um, I'd love to see him as a starter long term. It could happen, but I do not hate, especially if you're like you know, things aren't really looking good and you're thinking about maybe selling off. I don't hate the idea of selling off Anton in a dynasty league. Yeah, I I would echo everything you said about Anton. And I mean, he's I great. Thought, I mean, he's so nasty, but yeah, I mean, doing it as a starter over six innings regularly is a different story. I just don't know what the offers are. Like, I have no idea what Trevor Rogers trade value would be right now. Like it's, I mean, I, I could see how, I mean, you could talk yourself into him being like a top, 15 pitcher I mean you're too modest but you man you were the MVP on Trevor Rogers thank you from everybody in the fantasy community thank you I speak for well, everybody well I I don't uh, like I just I guess I don't know what type of offers would be out there sort of like if, if you want to send me like a specific like somebody offered me this for Trevor Rogers, maybe someone's just, you know, that high on him, like just so irrationally high on him for, for like any young pitcher that they're offering you just a, a crazy uh, offer that you, that you almost have to take or something like that. I mean, I, I could see that being the case, but it's definitely not something where, um, and I, I retweeted, uh, uh, T Dubs uh, had a had a good tweet the other day about like Jazz Chisholm and just the idea of like selling high on him. Um, with with guys like Jazz and with Trevor Rogers specifically on the pitching side, um, it's not you shouldn't you shouldn't be like updating your trade block and saying like taking offers on Trevor Rogers or or something like that. Or, or I just I wouldn't waste your time with that aspect of it. But if someone just comes to you unsolicited and, and gives you a godfather offer, I mean, at the end of the day, he is still a pitcher. And, you know, most young pitchers will inevitably break our heart via an injury at some point. So I could see just someone being having so much FOMO on Trevor Rogers in the Dice League that they make you a stupid offer that you like have to take just given the, the inherent risk of pitchers. But I mean, if he stays healthy, he's going to be an absolute stud and uh, probably a guy that is going, you know, inside the top, well inside the top 100 next year, if he stays on this, this pace. So. Oh yeah. I think if you're redrafting today, he goes top inside the top 100. Does he go like inside the top 75? <laughs> Probably goes inside the top 50. Cause somebody <laughs> spazzes out. Well, he, I mean, it's, he's great. He's so good. It's uh, yeah. like he, 
he has hasn't he outdueled Burns and Degrom? Yeah, this year already. <laughs> what a monster! Man. Now, like I, I know, I know he wasn't like maybe technically better than Degrom in that start, but um, I mean, he got he got the win. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all that matters. Yeah. Pitcher wins. Um, I've been I honestly didn't really realize that there were comments here until just recently, but Lace is out said uh, someone offered him Higashioka for Anton. I'd probably hold Anton if that's the best um, offer you're getting. But I did not mean to ignore the chat. In future episodes, I will be, you know, responding to comments. If you got me, definitely feel free to weigh in. So, James, we are going to be drafting our walk-up songs. I think I gave you the first choice last week, so do you mind if I take first choice this week? Absolutely, man. All right. Well, this is maybe a repeat, maybe one that I chose for like collabs or commercial jams. I, I'm not even sure. Maybe it's fresh, not on any of our past playlists, but Skew It on the Barbie by Outcast featuring Raekwon. And I have I have all three guys on the team I drafted against you, James, last year. So it's kind of – maybe that's the one I used. But I don't know. Either way, Skew It on the Barbie, just that – you know, old school players and new school fools. Cats keep it jumping like kangaroos. I just want that playing up. Uh, that beat is incredible. Maybe the first few lines of Ray's verse, if whoever's lining up the music can uh, can make it happen. But skew it on the Barbie is my choice this week. Yeah, we've definitely used that track for something else. I can't remember yeah. what it was. but um, I mean, that's, that's an all, all-time banger. Right. I mean, it. Anytime you can get some outcast and woo overlap, that's it's always that's one I'm sure has been used before, right? Like somebody in Atlanta probably used it. I hope so. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, uh, like I'm, I'm more surprised than anything when I hear a good walk up song, like it's mm-hmm. just you don't, you don't hear them that often uh, for a long time. I really liked, even though he was a cub, I liked Kyle Schwarber because. I think it was Crossroads was his walk-off song by Bone Thugs <laughs> when he was a rookie or second-year guy. That's a good one. Wasn't I don't know. It, it doesn't really fit baseball, I guess, but, I mean, that's a that's a jam. Wasn't it Zach McKinstry whose stock took a took a big hit when he acknowledged which songs he was debating about? Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, two of the four were Creed tracks. <laughs> I couldn't. That was a tough one because it's you. You don't know if he's like joking around or if yeah. he's serious, but um, see, I yeah. would take this as serious business if I were a player. Right, not, right. Um, I mean, very, very serious. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why. That's one of the reasons why we're not, we're not in the bigs. Yeah, uh, one of them. Be spending hours uh, picking out the perfect <laughs> walk-up track. Yeah, the person responsible for that, like playing it, would be so annoyed by me. They'd be like texting them and emailing. I'm like, oh, can I get? This song. But uh, what you got this week, James? Uh, I'm going to go to the West Coast for the first time. Mm. I think I think all three of mine have been East Coast so far, which is typically where I'm going to be uh, hanging out for, for most of these. But, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff on the West Coast for, for walk-up tracks as well. And I'm going to go with uh, Mac-10. I believe his his first kind of big hit, uh, Faux Light. 
Wow. Mac Dine. Huh? Yeah. Um, it's just got the, it's just got like a prototypical West Coast beat. And what's the name of the song? Faux Life. Uh, F O E. I don't think I've ever heard that. I'm going to have to listen to that right after the show. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the first verse, um, Ice Cube is involved as well. Um, first verse is, is just kind of where I'd want to start it off. And yeah, like I said, just kind of a, a perfect West Coast beat, some some general kind of aggression, which which I think is is mostly what I'm looking for in, in a lot of these tracks. So um, yeah, I had the you know I liked the one I had last week, but maybe it was a little too chill. You know, I like the chill tough. songs, but maybe you know maybe I need to dial it up a little bit for my next. Maybe walk, our next walk. our next playlist can be like uh, songs to to listen to when we're chilling in the batting <laughs> or those in the batting cage maybe really yeah. work workout anthems um well good stuff james anything else you want to mention today by the way matt that wasn't mac 10's nickname mad chicken hawk <laughs> or he had an album called mad chicken hawk yeah i mean i think i think something something think along his that. discography here um Maybe I'm making that up, but for some reason I remember <laughs> Mad Chicken Hawk, and that's and he signed briefly with Cash Money Mac Ten for a while. Remember he him showing up in some Cash Money videos? Like what? Uh, that's when they were losing Juvie and BG and whatnot. Yeah. And anything else? No. Nice man. Well, thank you all for all the insight. Thank you again. Since we're on Streamyard, I'm going to play this thing here. It's a little promo thing, and then uh, end the broadcast. So thank you all for joining us. We'll be back live again next week around the same time, around the, you know, 1.30 to 2 Central, 2.30 to 3 Eastern. So I hope you see you then on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Try Rotowire today, free for 10 days. Get our premium tools, rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.